Um, guys, if you don't know who I am, my name is Brad Starn, and uh, I've been around Northside for a long time uh, in a specific role, but here as of August 1st, I've switched to a new role. Uh, I've been doing youth ministry at, here at Northside for 24 years, uh, 13 years as a volunteer, and then 11 years ago, I was brought on staff uh, to do that in a full-time capacity. So um, it's something I love. It's something I'm still passionate about. But you guys know how God moves. He calls you into things sometimes that you don't even know you're ready for. And so God called me into uh, kind of heading up our worship ministry. And I'm going to be working on a lot of the creative things, whether that's music or art or speaking series or kind of wherever I can help and pitch in. Um, so that's who I am now. I'm Brad Starn, the creative arts pastor at Northside, which is weird for me because normally it's a student thing or a high school thing or a middle school thing. Um, but uh, God is calling me out of that, and I'm super excited. But I get the pleasure of kind of speaking today and also kind of tying a little bow on that chapter of my life as this Sunday we are honoring our seniors. Um, we like to do it a little bit differently here at Northside. Uh, typically, we honor a lot of places, honor their seniors in the spring, kind of when graduations are happening. Uh, but our seniors are still seniors all throughout uh, the summertime at Northside, and so we like to honor them before they leave us. Um, and it, it's something we, in our Next Gen program, and even at Northside, if you guys have never noticed before, there's an arrow in the N of Northside, uh, which of course is pointing to heaven, pointing to God, giving movement, uh, but we have kind of taken that and built a story around it that in our Next Gen ministries, we are raising arrows. We are raising people uh, to be Christ followers in every aspect of their lives. And so when we raise those arrows, when they graduate, they don't just graduate, um, we release them out into the world to be Christ followers for the kingdom of God, uh, no matter where that arrow might land. So that's a little bit of story, a background of some of why we do what we do. Uh, but I just wanna take a moment today to kind of honor those. So seniors, I know there's a few guys here in the crowd. If you guys would wanna join me up here, if that would be cool. So we got Morgan, Austin, and Kylie. You guys come on up. I was debating, I might have your families come up too, but they're probably like, no, I don't want to come up. So so I'll let you guys be. So they're all giving me thumbs up. <laughs> um, guys, this is Kylie, this is Morgan, and this is Austin. And um, Man, I, I love doing it this way because I love being able to speak from a place of knowing people. Um, you know, I would say that I know some of these a lot, and I know some of these a little bit, um, but still I see what they do, and that is an important thing. I think that's an important thing for us as Christians, for others to see what we do. Um, Kylie is probably the one I know the least up here, but Kylie serves about almost every Sunday in our next-gen programming here at Medina. And whether we were in the admin building or here at the park, wherever we were, I would see her loving on that next generation of kids. And so that heart is exactly what we want to see as we release these kids out into the world. Like that, that like keep that heart, because that's going to carry you through and make such an impact on people. Like, believe me. Believe me. So guys, let's give a round of applause for Kylie. And then next to me here is Morgan. Morgan is like the sweetest person I think I've ever known. 
Um, she also serves within Next Gen stuff, and I've had the privilege of getting to know Morgan over the years. Um, but last week we were at uh, a week of camp at CIY down in Tennessee, and Morgan was so unsure about whether she wanted to go or not. But Morgan is a light into the world, whatever group she is placed in. And, um, and by the end of the week, she was just like, everyone loved her, she loved everyone, and never, again, like what I said, the kind, never, never lose that. There's something of God in that that is so powerful. I, I, I feel like when we, when we got into the world, when we become adults, we lose that zeal for the kingdom, and don't lose that. Like, that is, that is going to get you so far in life and do so many great things for the kingdom. So, guys, let's give it up for Morgan. <laughs> and then Austin here on the end. Austin is probably who I know the best, which I think is good because he's a guy um, of all the people up here. And I've just seen Austin grow into an amazing young man, uh, an amazing young man with a heart and a, and a zeal for the Lord. And he wants to get into ministry. He wants to do this as his life. And we had, uh, he, he rode in my car last week coming back from Tennessee and we just had like hour long conversations about, uh, about life and about ministry. And, and I feel like Austin is, is so nervous about whether he's gonna mess it up or not. But we know that if we stay connected to God, God is not gonna allow us to mess it up. And God's gonna do big things through you if you keep that love and that zeal for Jesus Christ. And no matter where you are, no matter where you land is that arrow, God's going to do amazing things through you, and I have no doubt in that. So, guys, if you guys don't mind, oh, give it on for Austin, too. Sorry. Sorry, sorry. Kylie, if you want to come over, I'm going to just kind of pray over you guys, and then uh, we'll get into this sermon. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you so much for these three uh, who were just here this morning. And God, there's so many other seniors that we could say so many good things about. But, God, I just pray specifically over these three who are here right now. God, I thank you for their, their faith and their belief and for them placing their lives in your hands and, and to be servants of the kingdom of God is just, man, it is the thing that changes our lives. And God, I have been so proud and honored to be able to work and lead these kids and to see them develop that, that, just that love for serving others and for, and for chasing after you. God, I lift every single one of you up to them that no matter where they go, no matter where this life takes them, that you would stay their number one priority and that you would do amazing and huge, great things through them. Because we know that if we stay loving on you and chasing after you, there's no doubt the things you can do through our lives. So God, uh, we say somewhat goodbye to these seniors today, um, but we cannot wait to see what you do through their lives. God, we lift them up to you and we're thankful for them and for their families in your son, Jesus Christ. It's in his name we do pray. Amen. Thank you, guys. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. So now I made it through that. I didn't cry. So we're good. Um, like I said, last week, uh, not last week, so it had been a week ago, uh, we were down at a week of high school camp, and it's called CIY Move. It's a week of programming. There's this group called Christ in Youth, CIY, puts on. And um, we go to a college campus, and we are actually at Lee University in Cleveland, Tennessee. And it's a week of teaching and, and listening to speakers and being in worship and being in conversation and being in small groups. 
And then there's a whole lot of free time. I feel like oh, so many kids are like, man, there's so much free time. But it just allows them to, to grow in relationship. And we formed a bunch of like, they run tournaments. And so we had a dodgeball team, which was all our girls, which was phenomenal. Um, they didn't do great, but we thought they did awesome. Um, yeah, we were, the, we were the most spirited team out there. That's right. <laughs> um, we had a basketball team. We had two volleyball teams, and it was funny because we always, uh, we were taking like bets, Austin does this. We had a fun team, and we had a serious team, and uh, Austin was on the serious team. We were like, how much you want to bet the fun team does better? Like, it just, it's just the way it goes. It just always, always is, um, and the fun team did better, but they didn't, they didn't win anything either, but uh, it's just such a great week of being around high schoolers, and, and it was weird for me to kind of step back and have it be my last year in charge. You know, to step back and, and to let Joey Eakers kind of take that point um, and, and do that transition. But God had an amazing, amazing week. And so whenever I'm anywhere, I like to sit back and just kind of let God, kind of let God point what I focus my attention on. Um, you just kind of step back a little bit and just kind of let him direct you, because I know that this is where good sermons always come from, or good teachable lessons always come from just kind of stepping back and not having any expectations, and just letting God work, and you just get to see him do his thing. And so a lot of this sermon today is coming from something that I saw during that week down at CIY. Thursday night, our final night, uh, which is historically kind of like our big night of youth group stuff. Um, we had a four or five years ago this thing called Testimony Night where all these kids like broke down and, and shared a lot of just junk that's in their lives and it, and it was changing for that group of kids and, and those high schoolers at that time. And, and I think so many times we try to remanufacture great moments as Christians, right? We love to, oh man, this church service was great and that song was great. So every time we play this song, we want it to get there again. But God's gonna choose to move through whatever he's gonna move through and no matter how much we manufacture it, we can't always make God move in the same way. And so we saw God move on this Thursday night again. We saw um, a lot of the kids that came that were hesitant about coming or a lot of the kids who before that weren't that involved we, see, we saw God really open them up and just share a lot of things about their lives. Um, we had one kid who, who had, a, had a friend a while ago, a few years ago, that had died of like a heart condition. Like I had never heard that before. And it was still sticking with him at this, in this very week. And, and that week and what the speaker spoke and what God moved and the songs we sang allowed him to give that up. And he said, I've been holding on to it for years. And just something about this week healed me. And, and there's just story after story after story of these, of these kids being changed. And there was this kind of this sentiment that at the end of the week, and if you guys have ever been to a week at camp before, I'm sure you can relate, where you don't, you get to that place where you don't want to go home, right? Or like we go on vacation and you have a great week at the beach or you have a great week in the mountains and you get to that last day and you're like, ah, can't I just stay here forever, right? I don't want to go home. It happens to me every time I go to Disney World, trust me. So um, you just get to the end, and you're like, oh, I don't want to go home. 
But we always have to go home, right? We always have to go back to reality. Life can't be one giant vacation. And so there's just all these kids going, oh, I don't want to go home. I don't want to go home. And, and just in that moment, I kind of spoke up. And, and the thing we need to know is there's nothing special about the places we go and we get attached to, okay? There's nothing special about the beach. There's nothing special about Disney World. There's nothing special about Round Lake. A lot of us have a, a huge heart for that place. There's nothing special about Lee University. Right? There's these places, there's nothing special about them. They're just places. But what's special is what God does in these places. And so I think so many times we get what's called a camp high or we get a vacation high where we, we hit this mountaintop and we're like, ah, oh, I need to remanufacture this however I can and take it with me. And, and then we get home and we get back into the normal, the normal motions of life and then it, it's found wanting and it doesn't quite hit the same and we just kind of get back into normal life again and that camp high wears off and we just kind of go back to normal. And, and I think that's as true for us as adults as it was for kids. So it really got me thinking, like, what's different about a week of camp? What's different about a vacation? Our patterns change, right? Like, nowhere else in my life do I get up every morning and, like, <laughs> maybe I'll get into too much information here at Walt Disney World. Walt Disney World, all the places we stay have really amazing showers. And I'm, like, a big shower guy. Like, if you can give me a good shower, I'm, like, happy. I'll take, like, four a day. And, like, especially if it's got, like, a rainfall shower head, you just, like, stand in there for, like, 30 minutes. And you're like, I'm good. This is awesome, right? So there's all these, these special things. Like, I get up in the morning. I have this amazing rainfall shower head. If any of you guys know Disney, I head over to the Polynesian Resort. I grab myself some Tonga toast. Then I head on the monorail to the Magic Kingdom. And I ride Pirates of the Caribbean and Big Thunder Mountain and all these things. And I do all these things that I love. But I can't take that stuff home with me, right? There's certain ways I can, I can remanufacture it. I can make my version of Tonga toast at the Polynesian. I can make my version of a Dole Whip or a Mickey Mouse bar. I can somehow figure out how to make a monorail in my backyard. I can install a, a shower head that rains down on me from my ceiling. There's ways I can try to manufacture it, but I'll never quite hit it. And at camp, it's these same things. You're, you're bombarded with worship, so you sing all week. Like, my voice is still, like, rough from allergies and from singing all week from a week ago. Like, it's just, it's still hanging on. My voice still hasn't recovered because we just sing at the top of our lungs. You have, you have lots of great speakers. You have God's word coming at you from every direction, every single thing, from small groups to your quiet times to your main speakers to the videos you watch to everything, just God's word is just bombarding you constantly. And then you have this thing where you have lots of lots of community, right? There's just people around you constantly. And for the most part, they're all the exact same mindset as you. They, they're there for the same reasons, mostly. You know, they're, they're, they're there for the same things. They wanna sing, they wanna hear God's word preached. They wanna see God do something miraculous. And so we get home and we try to somehow remanufacture these things. So we... We throw out all our secular CDs and we, and we buy only worship CDs and we worship, this worship CDs only. We take, you know, 96.5 and 98.1 and 104.1, we take that off the radio and we replace it with the fish and Air One. 
and and we only are, you know, bombarding ourselves with this. We we try to start some hairy audacious Bible plan where we start in Genesis, right? And we and we and we try to remanufacture being in the word every day. And we do all these things and I guarantee you within a couple of weeks they all start to fall off. We don't worship listen to worship music as much. We slowly go back to 96.5 and 98.1 and we start missing our days and our Bible plan. There's this there's one thing that challenged me this week, and it's what we're talking about today, is I feel like the one thing we don't ever really try to do out of camp is remanufacture community, which is probably the easiest one to do, right? We spend 24 hours a day, seven days a week around people just like us, people that have a passion for the Lord, people that want to see their life changed, people that, that want to see God do big things in this world. And, and yet we, we don't try to remanufacture that. You know, we might. We might occasionally get together a bonfire or something. You know, we might occasionally send a group text. But I, one of the things I challenge our kids with is, what if the thing we need to focus on when we get back home is to not forsake community? What if the thing that's going to help us the most is to keep all these people that were around us, around us? And that's what we're talking about this morning. This week's, this week's message is don't quit on each other. Last week, our message was going to be don't quit on God, about how we should never give up on our relationship with God. But today I want to talk about let's not give up on each other. You know, I'm as guilty of it as anyone else, and you let relationships fall through the cracks, especially good, strong Christian relationships that, that draw us closer to him or build us up. Like, let's get in the habit of not quitting on that. What would it look like if we actually didn't give up on each other? What would it look like if the church is actually the church? Because the, one of the things that the church is famous for is giving up on one another. Think about this. Jesus, okay, Jesus was around before the church really existed. He established it, put the people in charge of it, and the church started rolling with the Holy Spirit after Jesus floats away, right? But one of his final things that he prayed about was unification of the church. Seems like a pretty big thing for Jesus to spend his last moments praying about. He's like, the one thing I want to see are these people that come after I have to go back to my father. The one thing I want to see is I want to see them be unified. Yet the history of the church tells us that's probably the one thing we do the worst, right? And so the New Testament is, is then turned over after Jesus leaves to these men, Paul, Peter, John, James, right? all the disciples who are now apostles and they're all preaching the word of God, it's left to them. And they actually spend a good chunk of the New Testament talking about the church, talking about how we should do it, why we should do it, who we should do it with, who we should do it for. And actually in the, in the book of Romans, which Paul writes, we're gonna be in Romans chapter 12 today. And this is where the meat of my message and the, all my scripture is gonna come from. So if you guys have your Bibles, if you guys have your phones, uh, if you guys could turn to Romans chapter 12, that would be awesome. Because this is a chapter written specifically to the church. And not just any church, 
but the church in Rome that was Jew and Gentile combined, okay? Now imagine this. Imagine that there's all these, these Jewish people who have their one way of doing things, and then you have these Gentiles who do completely the opposite. And they are now all the same and have to come together to live and work and do ministry together. It's going to be a mess. <laughs> you know, these people over here are like, we're not doing these things for these reasons. And we're not doing these things for these reasons. And now we all have to do them together. What? And we see the fallout and the problems with that all throughout the New Testament and how they just hit this friction of fighting constantly. So that's why in the New Testament, we see a ton of work put into talking about harmony and unity within the church. So Romans chapter 12, verses one to two, and I notice it's starting to spit in here. If it gets too much, we'll, we'll shift. <laughs> so just keep me, give me a heads up. So Romans 12, one through two, starts off. Does anyone have the title of the header there? Can someone shout that out what it says? A living sacrifice. Thank you, Austin. Let's look at that. Do you see that zeal right there? That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm talking about. A living sacrifice. And, I, and for all these hot headers, I want to I wanna kind of give my Bradism on it. I always like to say I have Bradisms. This is where I try to not change scripture, but put it in terms that make sense to me and then hopefully help you make sense. So this is called a living sacrifice. I wanna call this, it's not about you. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's not about you. A living sacrifice, Romans 12, one through two. Listen to this, hearing that. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So when it says for us to be a living sacrifice, like we have to understand what sacrifices were. So if you have a calf, all right, and you bring that calf to be sacrificed, you have to give the calf up. That's a sacrifice. So you have a calf, you no longer have a calf, okay? It's not like you don't just like, like break a leg off and you're like, they're my sacrifice and I'm gonna keep three-fourths of the calf, right? It's, it doesn't, it, there's no ratio there. It's not part of the calf, it's not half of the calf, it's not his horn, you know, it's, it's not any little part of peace, it's the whole thing. I'm giving this as a sacrifice. So in Romans 12, 1, it says, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice. All of you, not just your arm, not just your leg, not just your nose, not just a, a bit or piece of who you are, but offer yourself, boom, all of me, as a living sacrifice. And I think this is where we, where we go off base, number one, when it talks about unity, when it talks about the church, when it talks about our faith. We wanna only give 10% of us. We only wanna give 20% of us. We only wanna give maybe 50% of us, and we wanna hold some back. 
But what this is saying is we need to give everything into this thing. And, and we can take a look at this and go, well, maybe this is going to be talking about like our lives and our faith. But no, in the context of Romans, this is specifically talking about the struggle of unity within the Jewish and Gentile church. They were not getting along. They were holding things back and they were not becoming unified. So Paul starts off chapter 12 with offer yourselves, all of you, as a living sacrifice because it's not about you. It's about everything. If I were to ask you what the world's biggest problem is, I'm sure I would get a ton of answers, right? Like what is the world's biggest problem today? You know, we got our political climate, we got, we got our Facebook comments, we got our opinions, everyone's a hero, everyone's a villain, we got all these things. And I had someone tell me this a long time ago, but I think one of the biggest problems of our world today is selfishness. We are all out for ourselves. And that is contrary to what scripture tells us we need to be. If we are all out for ourselves, we are not giving 100% of ourselves as a living sacrifice. So a lot of our issues, a lot of our worries, a lot of our troubles, a lot of our frustrations come from the fact that we're all about us. And I know that's true for me. I know that's true for me when I get in any kind of conversation when I want to win it, right? It becomes about what I want. It becomes about what I want to see. Not a living sacrifice. Think about this. Road rage, arguments, social media, everything we can think of comes back to selfishness. It's about we think it's all about us. It's all about me. It's all about you. But God has called us to be different. Because after he tells us, present yourselves as a living sacrifice, right? Let me pull this back up. Holy and pleasing God, this is your true and proper worship. Rather, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So my prayer is that by hearing this truth this morning, that our minds would be renewed. Because I know that when someone is rude to us, when someone acts out in us in selfishness, what do I want to do right back? I want to be selfish right back, right? I want that eye for that eye. I want that cheek for that cheek, that tooth for that tooth, right? I want that payback so bad because I hurt. But the Bible calls us to be different. It says, don't conform to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Be renewed by the fact that it's not about 50%. It's not about 75%. It's not even about 99%. But giving everything we have into the process of unification. Because that is what we are called to be as Christians. When we get ourselves out of the way, we allow God to direct us. Like I think back to this. Like everyone had an idea for how Joey and I should transition our roles. Everyone did. Everyone was telling us, oh, you got to do this. Oh, you got to do that. Oh, you got to do this. Brad, would be really good if you like sat everyone down and you were like, okay, guys, this is my last week. I want to transition this. Da, 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 da. They all wanted me to do it. And honestly, like if, if I want the attention, <laughs> I'm going to do it however I want to do it. 
But Joey and I can, like, right off the bat, we're like, no, we want God to do this. We don't want this to be a fabricated thing. And so we went the whole week just looking for what God would do. And in this crazy moment on Thursday night when all these people were sharing, and I had already kind of relinquished that stuff to Joey, this amazing moment happened because we didn't hold too tightly to what we wanted. In the middle of these kids giving all this stuff up, Joey's like, all right, I want us to circle around you guys and I want us to put our hands on you and I want to pray for you. And in the, moment of, in the moment of that, I'm like, okay, Joey, that's what, yeah, that's what I would do. Awesome, good job. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what I would do, Joe. And he's like, but here's the thing. When we put our hands in here, I want you to pray because this is your thing you need to give to God. Who cares what we have to say about it? And I went, I would have never done that. And instantly in my mind, it was like, there it was. The Holy Spirit just transferred that leadership. Because God's taken it somewhere I would have never taken it. And he's doing it through the person who's gonna take it there. And like, that was so powerful for me. When we actually get our own selves out of the way, it is amazing what God can do through us. And I say that only from failing too many times and then occasionally getting out of the way and going, oh, wow, that was better than anything I ever anticipated. Second section, 12, three through eight. Humble service in the body of the Christ is the, is the, the title I have for this section. I wanna call this selfless church. Selfless church. It says, for by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members and these members do not have all the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. And if it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. And it brings up this idea of the body, of the church being this body with many different parts. And how every single one of us sitting here today has different gifts and talents. And God is gonna try to do something through every single one of you to make his church bigger and better and greater and do more work and reach more people. And we're all not eyes and we're all not ears and we're all not noses or pinky fingers, right? We're all different and we all have different gifts. And it's saying, do it together. I made this so all of you do it together because then it's stronger. It's a bigger body. And I think we have this issue in the church where someone like, I'm gonna use you, Emily, Someone like Emily gets up here and belts it, right? And we go, man, that's a really good looking, we'll say mouth, because it's a vocal thing, all right? <laughs> Sorry, Emily. It's a really good mouth. <laughs> man, it's a really good mouth. I'm just an ear, what can I do? Right? We do that. That's a great mouth. Man, the church needs more mouths. And God's saying, no, I need eyebrows, and cheeks, ears and nostrils. He made up the illustration, I didn't. <laughs> look around. No one here, look around at the people who are sitting around you. 
no one here is better than anyone else here. Including me, including Emily, including Zach, including any of the people that got this platform today. It's just a platform. It's actually not even a platform, it's just a pavilion. Like none of us are any better than any of you. And for this to work, all of us have to do this together. It's a call to body for a reason, because we are stronger together than we ever will be separate. It takes all of us to do this. Now, I was gonna have y'all do something really embarrassing, but I'm running over in time, so I'm not gonna do it. Here, here, I'll encourage you to do what I was gonna do. I guarantee you today, there are people sitting around you that you don't know. Before you leave here today, introduce yourself to them. If we're ever gonna be one body, we gotta know each other. We gotta know each other. We gotta know who's sitting around us as we sit here and watch the mouths work, right? So I wanna encourage you. I was gonna give some time to do that, but we're running over, so I'm giving you all homework. How's that sound? Um, Don't be conformed be transformed, amen? Every week in every church around this country, people walk in, sit down, and walk out without ever finding out who's sitting in the seat or the pew next to them, or in our case, the folding chair. Don't be like that. Be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Be different. Don't conform. Don't do the same old stuff that we have always done. Be different and God will bless it. Final section. My version says love in action. Does that check out with everyone else's version? Love in action. I want to change it to this. Be like Jesus. This last part of this letter to the church about unity is being like Jesus. Listen to this. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay evil for evil. Be careful to do what is in the right of the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. I think we so many times we read that and we go, man, yeah, I gotta be like Jesus to the people out in those streets and the, the person giving me my Chipotle burrito or bagging my groceries. Let me say this again. These words are for the church. The church that didn't get along and wasn't unified. These words are for us to have this body be built differently so that it can be a witness to the world. Listen to these words. I just summarized all the action words in this section. Love, cling, Devote, honor, zealous, service, joy, patience, faithfulness, sharing, 
hospitality, blessing, rejoicing, harmony, associating, peace, and goodness. Those are the commands that Paul gives us in Romans to be as the church to one another. I don't think we realize the gift that God's given to us. I don't think we truly grasp it sometimes. And being that this sermon today is don't quit on each other, there's no better words I can share with you. Don't give up on this thing called the body. Don't give up on it. Because it is the thing that makes the difference. We want to make church transactional when it is the most relational thing ever given to us by God. We cannot become consumers of church. And we must be doers of church. We must be partners in church because that's what makes it great. An amazing worship service is never going to take church to another level. It's what happens because of the worship service that takes church to another level. And I say that because I've seen it so many times in youth ministry. Like, I'm sure that, like, we've probably even forgotten half the songs we sang two weeks ago, right, Austin, Morgan? Like, but the thing that probably has stuck with it, both of them, and I am picking them on them because they were there, is those times we spent together in that circle, in that dumb concrete block room on that carpet, talking about what God's trying to do in our lives and they're both nodding their heads. That is the thing that makes all the difference. That is church. That is community. And that will be the thing that takes it somewhere else. Let me read this verse, and then I'm gonna finish up. I'm gonna close up. Hebrews 10, 24 through 25. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. There are so many verses in scripture that talk directly to the church and say, don't forsake this thing that we're doing here for just an hour on Sunday morning. Actually amplify it and do it more often. Build relationships, make friendships, make families and do this more often because what if we didn't quit on each other? What if we didn't divide over every single dumb little issue? What if we didn't just focus on ourselves instead of focusing on the body? What if we were truly united as the body of Christ? And what if we didn't quit on each other? Scripture promises us that the church will will storm the gates of hell, that those gates will not prevail against us. And I heard this at CRY. I've never, I feel like we read that thing that says like the, the gates of hell will not prevail against us. I've never seen a gate that like moved around, right? A gate sits and just guards something. So we get this idea that the, the, that hell's coming at us, the enemy's coming at us. No, the vision and the, the illustration that we're supposed to get is that the church is so vibrant and so powerful, it is storming the gates of hell. We are the ones moving and it is the ones sitting. So again, and in finality, I wanna encourage you guys again, do not be conformed, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind through God, 
through Jesus Christ and through his Holy Spirit. And my prayer for us this morning is that we do not give up on each other, but become the church that Jesus Christ prayed for. Let me pray for you guys. Heavenly Father, I wanna thank you so much for this morning. Um, God, I just thank you for these words and this truth that you laid on my heart to use uh, to speak to your church today. God, I pray that this is something we're not getting in the habit of doing, of just getting together on Sunday, and, and that is what we equate to church, but that it is something that moves beyond that and becomes the very thing that you had in mind when you established it. God, I pray that there's so many different body parts, so many different parts of the body here today that we would realize the power that we have when we are one and we are chasing after your son and living on mission for your kingdom. God, I pray over everyone today. I pray that, that we might meet someone new today and that, God, you might be doing something with that. God, I pray for your church, not only here at Northside, but for your church around the world, that it might be unified and be the bride that you call us to be. God, we love you. We praise you. It's in your son's holy and precious name we do pray. Amen.